There are four steps in the decision-making process. In fact, four steps in training anything. The first is set the right example. The second is expose them to decision-making. The next is allow them to experience making decisions on their own. We're going to talk about that today. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm Ruthie J, your host, and we're on the second half of this little combo broadcast, the four parts of the training process yesterday, part one and two, and today we hope to get through three and four as we are learning how to train our kids to make good decisions, wise decisions, not just good, wise. That's right. And I think it's what Jesus did. It's very, very cool. Jesus first set the example. He had his disciples with him. And then what he did is not only did he set the example, but he let them take part in ministry and stuff. He let them carry the baskets for the feeding the 5,000. They played a part. And then there were times when he had experienced it on its own. Remember in Mark 6 when he sent them out in twos to perform healings all by themselves. That had to be terrifying. And they went out and they did that. And I think one of the most important things is we don't give children the opportunity to experience Mm -hmm. start to finish decision making. Mm -hmm. We hover and we make the decision for them. And if you've got that child who has a difficult time making this, oh, that's it. Just get in the car. We're done here. And allow them the pain of processing, pulling the trigger, Mm -hmm. making a decision. They'll never be a leader if you get in their way. And there's so much in parenting that you really do have to allow the child to to experience. It will always be faster and better if you as the parent do everything. Bathe them, change their clothes, do things for them. Until they go to high school and college. Yeah, then it gets weird. (laughs) Well, then they're away from you and they've not learned the decision-making process and they rely on the crowd to make Mm -hmm. the decision from whatever's cool is cool. Whatever everybody's smoking at this party, that's what we'll do. Because I haven't gone through the process. What's happened is we didn't realize how much it takes to parent. We just thought, get them to school and sign them up for some activities and let's go to church too and get involved in the youth group. And that's it. And we have so much, there's such a need for a curriculum in our brain Mm -hmm. that decision making coupled up with, and we'll talk a lot about this tomorrow, but coupled up with teaching them some of the things like social skills and when to walk out of a party and handle an allowance. That teaches decision making Mm -hmm. and the pain of a bad decision. So I want to give my child some decisions that they have to make. You and I spent a whole, uh, really a whole week on teaching your child to date. And one of the parts of teaching your child to date, and I did want to send my children out the door knowing how to date rather than let the college campus teach them how to date. I wanted to be experts on that. And one of the things in that process is if you can't do a party and you can't be a party expert, you'll never be a dating expert where it's a party of two. That doesn't work. (laughs) And so I wanted to put a plan in place where they forced them to make a decision. Here's the deal. I know this is a great party. I've called the dad. And yes, the dad goes to church, but a lot of people go to church. And that's why I called the dad. But saying to my kids, hey, there's some things that aren't permissible at a party that a Barnes goes at. Any of these five things take place. Call me and I'll come to get you. You're in ninth grade. Call me. You got Mm -hmm. the phone with you. Call me. But when I come to get you, I'm going into the party. And when I go into that party, if any of those five things in our world anyway for us were taking place, you didn't make a wise decision. Mm -hmm. I let them practice making those decisions. And when you didn't make a wise decision, there is a consequence for that. Mm -hmm. We have to let them experience stretching that decision-making muscle. And it's very painful because Mm -hmm. they don't always make the right decision. And by the way, if you do want to hear that entire week broadcast on training a child to date and all that, you can find that online at Parenting Today where... All of the previous broadcasts are archived. But yeah, decision-making, though, is from smaller kids, and then the decisions become bigger and harder as they grow older, like dating and getting out of a bad party. They do become harder, and there's two components here. If you've had your children forever, then they know... And hopefully have learned that no means no. And that if they go to that party, 
No means no. Two other things, though. If you're a step-parent and haven't had those children forever, mm-hmm. then it's a whole new learning process, and it's got to be a lot more abrupt, and you've got to allow your children to dislike you for a season. Right. Or if your no hasn't meant no and you realize, okay, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in now. But I got to tell you, it's never too late. If I believed it was too late, we wouldn't take teenagers here in these five children's homes. It's never, ever, ever too late. We watch these children arrive at Sheridan House, eight plus kids in each home. They're all middle schoolers. No hasn't meant no for them, typically. No means no to us. And watch them become absolutely, unbelievably awesome. But we do give them options. Here's the decision, Jason, that you have to make. You're going to school today. Every one of the children's homes here goes to a different school. So you're going to, let's say, Driftwood Middle School, and you go to school today, and one of our staff's going into school behind you. If you're late to class, if you're rude to the teacher, if you don't go to class, or if you don't have your homework done, we're there at the school. They call us. We find you. We take you home. You cut grass today. And we'll start again tomorrow, and we'll start again tomorrow, and we'll start again tomorrow, and we'll start again tomorrow. And so many people have come and said, you know, I know your kids. You know, I've hired them or whatever after they've left here and gone off to college. These kids were kids that were not going to college, and yet they leave and go off to college and knock it dead. What do you do academically? And I said, we don't do a whole lot academically. I mean, we have a lab, a reading and language lab in each of the homes. But what we really do is we help them make wise decisions. Mm -hmm. No means no. You're either coming home and working and washing windows or cutting grass or you're staying in school and it's air conditioned. Mm -hmm. So you're deciding whether you're washing windows or staying in school and we're helping them make decisions. Okay, all the other idiots are in the halls. I want to be in the hallway, but I don't want to wash dishes or wash windows and I don't want to cut grass, but I want to be in the hall, but I don't. Going through this inner turmoil of King David looking at Bathsheba and even gets a warning from his friend. Mm -hmm. Who is she? You know her. She's the wife of and the daughter of Mm -hmm. two of your mighty men. And he says, bring her anyway. He didn't have good decision-making skills at that time. I want to set my children up. They won't always make great decisions, but they know when you make the wrong one, there will be a consequence. I really think this is key to parenting. And what I've learned from you is putting that child in the position to make the decision and have to deal with the consequences. You put the consequences on the table. So you remove yourself because there's one way of thinking that, well, if they do something wrong, they're really going to hear about it. You know, they're really going to get it from mom and dad. Okay. That'll work. But once they turn into teenagers, they don't fear you as much anymore. Not only fear, you've made yourself the enemy. Exactly. You've made yourself and the withdrawal of your love the consequence. I'm going to enforce the consequence, Mm -hmm. but I'm not the enemy. You know, you know the stories of me having to put Tori to bed early at night. I'd go sit on the side of the bed. Mm -hmm. I'm not the enemy. And also then, how are they going to be as adults? They're going to fear God, you know, because you as a parent, you are sort of somewhat of an authority. Mm -hmm. You are an authority figure. And in this position of discipline, and boy, you don't want to fall into the hands of God. I'm not talking, he does love us and all that, but there is sort of a a tie with respecting your parents, but they should be the ultimate example of love the same way that God is. Consistency. Yeah. I will never have a relationship with my child if I'm yelling at my child all the time. If I'm using as the consequence yelling, not only that, not only will I not ever get to have a relationship because I don't know who's coming at me now as the child, Mm -hmm. but what I won't do is I won't be placing the responsibility on the child's shoulders. If you do this behavior, you will get this consequence. Mm -hmm. I will enforce that consequence, but I'm not going to yell and scream at you. And if I yell and scream at you, I'm going to come down the hall and apologize for that. 
I don't want to raise a child whose boss has to yell at them, spouse has to, wife has to yell at them to get stuff done. I want to raise a child that has this inner control themselves because if you yell, you're raising a yeller themselves. That's what you do when you go into conflict. You yell. I want to let them know you have to make this decision. If you don't call me from this party, I'm coming all the way into this party. You can wait at the front door for me if you want. And now is the turmoil of decision. I kind of don't want to stay, but I don't want to go. But if if I go, I'm such a dork. If I go out the door and I would always say, tell him it's your dad. My dad will be coming through and I'll be whatever. I blame it on me. I don't care. But whatever you do, make the right decision. Make the decision. Choose to be the one to make the decision and putting that responsibility in their hands so that they can walk out of a bad fraternity party. Mm-hmm. Because I got to tell you, if you can't walk out of a bad party, you can't walk out of a bad date and you really need to be able to walk out of a bad date. Mm-hmm. So that's part of teaching decision making, placing them in that. And, you know, I think there was a time where one of mine decided parties aren't worth it. (laughs) You know what? It's (laughs) too stressful (laughs) and went on later on. But I wanted them to know I love you enough to show up. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. If somebody called and said, you don't know me, but can I drive your car Friday night? We'd just like to have your car to have a party in. No, you can't have my car. So why would I so easily release my child? My job is to begin the process of emancipating my child, but no one is emancipated if they can't make wise decisions. They are captive of their peer group. Mm-hmm. And even this whole decision-making process, experiencing it, it's really cool even with young kids. They want something, they want something. And so what you do is you have to be creative enough and you do have to kind of think through this a little bit. Create the situation where it pits them against themselves, oh, okay? Perfect, perfect, you perfect. can have yes. this if this. Yes. Or you cannot have this and do this. Hmm. Now, you got to think it through because you, you can catch yourself too. And, and Well, we're going to do that tomorrow because we're going to tomorrow talk about teaching decision-making skills through finances, through their allowance. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons to give them an allowance yeah. is because they have to learn decision-making. Buy this little thing now, buy something big later on. And it hurts them a little bit to go through the decision-making, but they also, I think kids do like to have the power that they're deciding. You know, when they, oh, I have a choice. And then you kind of put them in that and it makes it sound exciting. But then you've you've created the circumstances so that, you know, it's going to come out good because of how they make that decision. Or they turn around when they're 30 years old and say, thank you. Yeah. Dad, thank you. I have a house today because of the way I was raised. I want to put a plan in place that if it hurts, it doesn't hurt a whole lot. There's third world kids that would love to make a decision for ice cream now or ice cream at dinner. You know, you told me I had to go to bed early as a consequence. I'd say, bless your heart, I'd love to go to bed early. (laughs) These things don't really hurt. What these things do is affront their pride and ego. But at the same time, it helps them realize you are not the center of your universe and you're making poor decisions. The only time there's a consequence is when you make poor decisions, when you make right decisions. If you pulled up on the Sheridan House property almost any afternoon, you're going to see 30-plus boys having a great time on the basketball court in the afternoon, and you're going to see five or six washing windows. They know they made that decision. And the thought is you chose to wash windows today by what you did at school. You can have a great time. Make better decisions. You're hanging with the idiots. Make a better decision. Either be a leader of those kids and lead them out of that, and that was was a highlight for me with Tori. When Tori finally got the party thing, she got it. She owned it. And she knew how to walk out of a party. And she knew how to walk out not alone. She knew how to walk out and look to her other friends who were Christians and say, we don't need to be here. Let's go over to my house. Let me call my dad. We can just go over and get some soda and have a good time. We don't need to be doing this. That's the goal.
goal. Mm -hmm. The goal is to raise someone who has practiced and exercised decision-making. And then comes the next E in this whole process, because I have to set the example. I have to expose them to minimal decisions. I have to, then the the 30 is put the 30 on their shoulders, the experience. Mm -hmm. It's Jesus sending them out by twos Mm -hmm. to do healing by themselves. It was hilarious. I want to see the look on their faces on the video (laughs) in heaven. And then the, the fourth E is encourage them. Mm. You were awesome when you, I cannot believe it. Now here's where you fake it sometimes. I'm home alone with Rosemary. Roby's spending the night, and Tori shows up with eight or nine or ten. I don't even. And I'm even eight or nine kids. I don't even know how many kids. Uh, could have been four for all I know. But mm-hmm. I'm there alone with my wife, and the night's over. And I have to get jacked over that. I have to say this is awesome that you did that. You walked out of that party and you brought these guys home. And yeah, let's go, Kevin. We're going to go rent some kind of a video for you guys. You you pick it out. I'll get the sodas, and we'll come on back. And we'll have a party here with chips and everything. And you encourage them, and then you spend some time with the child at some time during the day and said, you were awesome today mm-hmm. because you were a leader today. You made a great decision or you were awesome today because what you did is you led your little brother in not having ice cream in the afternoon and you got him jacked to do it and waited for the night. And it was so much fun. You were awesome today. Or when your little brother chose to get his ice cream in the afternoon and you still waited. Mm-hmm. You were awesome today. Mm-hmm. You were awesome today. We have to, we forget about the encouragement part. We do. It's well, so we're, easy to we're, forget. Well, tyranny of the urgent. Yeah. We're parents that live with tyranny of the urgent. We don't even notice if things are right. We only notice if things are wrong. Yeah. And we forget to say, well done. Mm-hmm. And every child's waiting for well done. And that's what makes little girls so vulnerable because there's a little boy that will say, wow, that was well done. Mm-hmm. And there's a little boy out there who hangs with a bunch of idiots behind the gym saying, whoa, that was well done, whatever that is you just got us to smoke. Mm-hmm. They're screaming for fans. Yeah. And they're screaming to hear somebody say, well done for the right things, making wise decisions, choosing the right thing, catching them at those moments where they help a sister unload the dishwasher, where they pick up something on the way upstairs. Uh, they're on the way upstairs to go to bed, and she picks up one of his shirts. It's almost by mistake, you know, She instead of him picking it up. And you say, stop, stop, stop. That was unbelievable. What? That oh. you picked up his shirt. Oh, come on, Dad. Dad. That was unbelievable. And you know what? They make fun of it, and they'll never forget it mm-hmm. because they're screaming <laughs> to hear from their dad, well done. Every man who gets to hear a broadcast like this knows they waited all their lives to hear from their dad. Well done. I'm proud of you. We need to be the generation that breaks that cycle. We need to be saying that to our kids. So set the example for wise decision-making. Expose them to some wise decision-making opportunities. Let them experience some on their own. And then encourage. Be their cheerleader. The four E's of the training process to wise decision-making. That's our topic this week here on Parenting Today, and we're going to wrap it up tomorrow, so I hope you can join us for our Friday edition. If you want to find out more about Dr. Bob Barnes and Sheridan House Family Ministries, you can go online to shfm.org and check out all that the ministry is involved in, even find resources there for parenting. Again, it's the abbreviation of Sheridan House Family Ministries. It's shfm.org. And if you want to hear this program again, share it with your spouse, link to it on Facebook or Twitter, even sign up for the daily email blog that has this content condensed that you get every day. You can sign up online at parentingtoday.org. Again, that's parentingtoday.org. 